Uh, thanks for the cold weather. No, it's good. It's good. I like the cold weather. We come from in Brisbane, Australia. It's um, kind of like Miami. And I know when people live in the cold, they want to go there, you know, all the time. But when you live there, you want to come to the cool. Isn't it weird? Human nature's funny, isn't it? And uh, when we're in the hot, we want the cold. When we're in the cold, we want the hot. You know, it's like, so God just gives you getting all four, just four seasons and it all happens and we get everything. It's great. What a great church. And uh, love your church, man. And what you're doing and the things that God is doing through you is phenomenal. Keep up the good work. Keep the message. Keep bright. And um, it's so good. And uh, good to see people turning up. I mean, we got through COVID. One COVID craziness crazy. But you know what? There's one thing that remains. Faith in a living Savior, a living Christ. Amen. And what's ahead for you is incredible, is incredible as a church and, and uh, Pastor uh, Walt and Joan have been sharing with us some of the things you've been doing and are planning to do, and uh, that is wonderful. But, you know, your church is a lot like our church back home uh, in Brisbane. And as a matter of fact, our home church in New Zealand, where we come from, is actually called Life Church. Isn't that amazing? And we've made a connection, and uh, it's, it's marvelous, you know, and to see what God is doing, because He is wanting to save the lost. That's what God's on about, seeking and saving that which is lost. So important. And uh, my lovely wife is here with me traveling. Uh, we travel together now. In the early days, we were unable to travel, family and church. We both worked on uh, staff in our church. And, um, but now she travels a lot with me, which is really great. And um, she's awesome to have around. Would you like to stand up, darling, and say hi to everybody? We're married 50 years next year. How's that? That's not too bad. It's not too bad. We've got 14 grandchildren and uh, two great-grandchildren, and we've got four children. They come last on the list now. Um, the grandchildren come first, and now the great-grandchildren are coming through. And so I'm saying to my grandchildren, you better behave yourself because if they show you up, uh, well, they get the spoiling more than you. You know, it's so good. We love our grandchildren. They're just absolutely awesome. Well, it's great to be here today, and in the time that we've got, um, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray for some people, we'll preach a bit, and then we'll pray for some more people. Is that okay? All right? And I'm just going to do my thing. Is that okay? And then if I do that, then I'm happy, and then they're all probably happy too. That's how I figure it out. Is that amazing? Uh, as I was uh, preparing for the meeting, I often pray, and of course I get my message, what I feel God wants me to say, but God shows me people and things that are happening, and i like to pray for some people today. So first, first person I want to pray for is you have an allergy, I think it is, if I can use that language, to medication, and it's actually quite serious, and um, your system kind of gets out of kilter with it, out of whack, and I believe God can heal you of that. 
I also want to pray for a person who's had a broken uh, elbow, um, but it hasn't fully healed. You haven't got 100% movement back. I think there's several people with that, actually. Uh, there's a woman and there's a, a man as well, and it's, it's, it hasn't recovered fully. I also want to pray for several people, and you have hernias. You've had hernias. You may have even had operations for them here and here, and they haven't recovered fully. You've still got pain, maybe discomfort. I want to pray for you as well and believe God for a miracle for you. I want to pray for people today too that have like what I call, I'm not a medical person. Um, I've got a doctorate in theology. I can tell you why you're sick and how you can get here, but I can't tell you. <laughs> but anyway, so let's pray for people that have got lumps. And you might have lumps under your arms uh, in various parts. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're not going to say what you've got. But I want to pray for people with that. The other thing that I want to pray for is I want to pray for people who have what I call chemical imbalance. And I prayed for literally thousands of people for this and seen some incredible miracles. It's amazing what God can do. And what I've discovered is this. I talked to a doctor friend because I started to pray for people. I found so many people wherever I go suffer from these ailments. And I spoke to a doctor friend of mine. I said, so why is that? And he said, well, there's various reasons why. But one of the biggest reasons is most people that have a chemical imbalance, it's undiagnosed. In other words, if you break your arm, you go, hey, I've got a broken arm, right? If, if something happens in your body that's obvious, you go get it fixed, right? Because it's obvious. Well, what happens with chemical imbalance like high thyroid, low thyroid, low iron, high iron? There's all sorts of things. Uh, um, all sorts of things in the body. It's, it's amazing. People put up with it because it, it just gradually escalates in your body. And I've met people that said, I just accepted the fact that I was lethargic. But in actual fact, what was wrong was something wrong with their thyroid or their iron, and it's never diagnosed. Who believes that Jesus can bring balance and healing in our body? Do you believe that? I believe that with all my heart. Also, I want to pray for people that have got pain in their body. So there may be someone here today, there's quite a few, that you actually have pain. And you probably took some medication to come to church. And you're a hero because you didn't let your pain stop you from coming to the house of God. Well, today can be your day of healing and release. Isn't that awesome? Hands up those that have got any of those conditions or anything like that. Put you, you look at that, all these people. Can we turn this into a prayer meeting church? Can we do that? We might get someone on the piano as well. That'd be awesome. Why don't we stand together? And if you raised your hand, if you've got pain in your body or any of those ailments, you just get out of your seat and come to the altar and we're gonna believe God for your healing today in the house of God. Come on down. That's right, come on down. That's right. This is amazing. Everywhere I go, we live in an age where often we find all these things happening. But did you know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Yeah, come on.
Move on and come in closer. That's awesome. Just come in closer. There's more people coming. I don't want anyone to miss out. Have you got a child coming? Is a child need? Bring the little child. Come on, honey. You come. Come on. I won't bite you. Now listen to me. I want to say something just before we pray. This is very important. This is what God showed me. You don't get healed in your body first. You get healed in your faith first. And you give it to your body. This is not faith healing. This is divine healing through faith. Here's the other mistake we make. And I've made this for years. The bigger the problem, I think I need more faith. You know what the Bible says? If we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. See, it's not the size of our faith that does the healing. It's the size of our God. But what we do is we compare our sickness, our pain, our problem with our faith. That's the wrong thing to do. We need to compare our sickness and our pain and our problem with the size of our God. Huge difference. So what, what we tend to do as human beings when we pray like this, say we've got, a, we've got pain in our shoulder. This is the best way I can illustrate it. We pray, God, heal me, and we're looking at our shoulder. You, 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 you hear what I'm saying? We're waiting for a physical thing to happen, right? And when it doesn't happen, this is what we say, oh, it didn't work. Or I don't have faith. Or that pastor from Australia, man, he didn't have much faith. He couldn't heal me. Well, there's all the mistakes. You see, I can't heal you. You can't heal you. It's only the Lord who heals. But you see, we've, we've got to get our understanding around the right way. So the way to receive healing, just like you were born again, you believe with childlike faith. You reach out to God and you receive His promise and you believe it and you're healed in your faith. As a result of being healed in your faith, you will experience a miracle. So how do the miracles happen? They happen in one or two ways. Firstly, in it, like instantly. And we've been in meetings just last week. People, we prayed like this. In Seguin, Texas, people were healed instantly, but not everybody. Some people just stood there and didn't feel anything. So, so the moment you don't feel something physically, you remain in faith. Because it's faith that releases the power of God for healing. Don't look at a physical outcome or a physical symptom. That will come, but it actually comes through faith. The second way that God heals is through. In other words, we go on a journey and instead of one instant miracle, often we get little ones along the way. But you see, a little miracle, often we miss it because we're looking, we just want this problem to go away. And so does God, but He doesn't always do it instant. Is this helping somebody here today? You see, because 
and here's another thing. This is what I've discovered. I can have an instant healing for this thing in my life. Well, at the same time, God's doing little miracles and, and I'm being led through it by faith. So whether it's in it or through it, it's all by faith. Some of you will be healed and you go and sit down. Some of you will be healed next week, next month. I don't know. That's up to God. But what's up to us is to have faith. Faith in God. Faith is not noise. Faith is not emotional, although it can become that. Faith is a belief in the promise of God. That's all it is. We just believe the promise of God, no matter what we feel, what the circumstances are, and we leave the results and the timing to God. Have you guess what happens when you get into faith? Anxiety goes like this. Because you know why? I know a lot of you, just like me, we're trying to get better. I'm going to beat this thing. I'm going to get better. And we're just uptight. We need to relax in the rest of faith and give it to God. Say, God, you're my healer. By your stripes, I am healed. And that's the beginning point. The secret is how to stay in faith and see the miracle of God. Do you believe it? Why don't you close your eyes and reach your hands out. Church, if you know someone Reach your hand out to them. If you know them by name, pray for them. Say, God, my friend, touch my friend, heal my friend in Jesus' name. Let's pray this out loud together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross and carrying my sin away. And right now, I thank you for carrying my sickness and my pain. Therefore, today, right now, I give you my sickness. I give you my pain. And I now confess, by your stripes, I am healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you believe it? If you believe it, thank Him. Thank Him for your miracle. Now, a little key. When you go and sit down, keep in faith. As you hear the message, as you go home today, say, thank you, Lord, for healing me. And don't do this. Did that work? The moment you do that, You've got out of faith. Now you're looking for a physical manifestation. Leave that up to God. It's not your job. Get out of the way. And let God work a miracle in your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Amen. Who, who's the person Who's the person here you've got heat in your, your wrists? Who's that, who's that person? Is that person over here somewhere? You've got heat. It's like burning in your wrists. Is that person here? Yeah, is that you? Raise your hands in the presence of God. Um, Honey, will you just touch her? Touch her bones. Touch her fingers. Touch her nerves. And let divine healing come from the top of her.
of her head to the tips of her toes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Come on, let's give the Lord a thank offering. He's so good. He's so good. Look, I won't spend much time on this. They've got a screen for me. But I do have um, a number of resources that are available, books that are available. There's a table out there with them all on it. And as I've retired, I've got more faithful in writing, committing to writing, because I said I can preach a message, but if I write in a book, it can last forever, and you've got all those books there. My latest one, Church, Gate of Heaven is there. My, my favourite book, and I just sell so many, I had to reorder more books to come here this week, is that little book there. See that little book, Yes, Holy Spirit? And that book's about how we can live in the Spirit. While I was praying this morning, that verse came to me, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. It's by the Spirit of God. It's by the presence of God that we can experience these things. So check them out there and enjoy and get into them, okay? And I hope they bless you and build your life and help you live your best life for God. Amen? Have you ever played with your kids? I have dads here. Any dads play dumb games with your kids? I used to play stupid games when I was a dad uh, growing up and learning. I have four kids. And one of the games that I used to do was I used to get a flashlight. And I used to get the flashlight and put it up to the kids' ears like that. And I'd go, look, you've got no brains in your head. There's nothing there. It's just empty space. And the little kid would go, where? I say, look on the wall. The torch is shining on the wall. And when they looked at the, huh? I've got no brains. And then when they come like this, and my wife would go, you have to stop this. But I just kept doing it because that's what dads are supposed to do, right? Another game that I played is we had a long hall like this down the center of our house and the bedrooms went off and the bath, the restroom and all bathroom and all that. And what I used to do, I'd get the kids and I'd hold them in between my knees and I'd go, ready, steady, go. And they'd run. And they'd get halfway down the hall running and you could see them like, what am I doing? because there's no point to the game, right? But then the kid turns around, these little children, and they go, again, again, and they run. And you know, and it was like the first game after a while, I'd say, wanna play the, the flashlight? Dad, that's a stupid game. You just, you're doing that. It's not, I've, of course I've got brains, because they work it out, right? You know, with that game running, ready, steady, go. You know, my kids, all of them, in the end they said, I'm not playing that. And I'd say, why? And they said, because it means nothing. We're going nowhere. You know, church, sometimes I've got the feeling we can start like that in our Christian life. And you know, we get born again and filled with the Holy Spirit and our life has changed. And it's like the Holy Spirit says, ready, steady, go. And we begin to run with God. And we have faith and we love everything. And we just love everybody. We love the church. We come into the church and go, man, I love this church. Oh, the colors are awesome. And we love the pastor. And then we hear the music. We love the music. But after a while, it 
starts to wear off. We say, well, who chose that color? I don't like that color. And who's the pastor here anyway? What, 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 what kind of pastor is he or whatever? And what that, what's that song? If they sing that song again, I'm leaving. If they tell me to raise my hands again, I'm out of here. You know, what's gone wrong? Well, what started great often will not be sustained without understanding what it's all about. I've got a feeling the Christian life is like that. Look what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1 to 5, but I'm just going to read verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. What does that mean? Well, what, Jesus Christ on the cross? Well, if you visit a lot of churches, they still have Jesus on the cross. So when you come into the church, there'll be a cross at the front, and on the cross, Jesus will be hanging there. Have you watched the movie, The, the Passion, by Mel Gibson? Have you watched that movie? That movie took hours building up to the crucifixion, and then he was buried, and then the movie ended. I'm going, well, why would you stop the movie now? It's just the beginning. It's, it's not the end. But you see, most people think when they read a verse like that, it's just the passion of Christ. But I want you to see here today that Christ crucified is a term to define the finished work of Jesus on the cross. In other words, as Paul said in chapter 15, he, he was crucified, he was buried, but he rose again the third day and lives forevermore. So the preaching of the cross is not just about this side of the cross, Jesus dying, but it's also this side of the cross, Jesus living forever based on what was accomplished at the cross. Amazing, isn't it? Are you with me? So, so you see... Let's look at it another way from a theological point of view. At the cross, Jesus obtained two new names. We know in Matthew, it said, you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. So at this side, he comes to the cross as Messiah. That's a Greek and Hebrew word meaning Savior or Messiah. So now he's called Jesus Christ because Christ means the same thing. So coming to the cross, he died as Savior. For you will call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Then we know he died and he was buried and on the third day he rose again. Now we go over to Philippians and it says this. Therefore, God has given him a name that is above every name. So we know he's already Jesus the man. Now he's the Christ, the Savior. Now it says he's got a new name. What's that name? Well, it tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. So the cross has two sides to it, like a coin. If if I could illustrate. Just imagine this table is a cross, if you can just come with me here. 
this side of the cross, Jesus is Christ or Savior. This side of the cross, he's Lord. Now, you can't know Jesus as Lord until you've known him as Savior. Jesus came as Christ to save us from our sin, from our past, from our failure, from ourselves. He was buried and he rose again. Now he's Lord to be ruler over our lives, that we might possess our new life. Amazing, isn't it? Let me put it to you another way. Did you know the children of Israel needed two leaders? They need a leader to save them from slavery, but they also needed a leader to lead them into the promised land. Are you with me? So actually Moses was supposed to be that one person. But you, you gotta feel sorry for, for, for Moses. You know, he, he, he had a tough gig. He, he had 40 years of complaining people. They complained just about every day. You read it's in the Bible, right? They, every day. So they come out of, the, out of Egypt, they come to the wall. We're gonna die. God, what I do? Lift up your rod. He lifts up the rod. The waters part, they go through, they start dancing. You read it, they have a revival charismatic meeting. They're singing and worshiping. A few days later, they're thirsty. We're thirsty. So the Lord says, speak to the rock, out comes water. Remember, we're hungry, manna. Just imagine, ladies, getting your food on the lawn. It's like Uber Eat. Free every day for 40 years. You know what the Bible says? None of them got sick on it. It was like a health thing. It had all whatever in it. it was, and that's what it's called. Manna in the Hebrew means what is it? Because no one had an idea but it was a miracle. Just imagine getting a miracle every day. God delivered your food on your front lawn. You just go out and collect it and take it in. And you have boiled manna, fried manna. If it's Texas, of course, you'd have Tex-Mex manna. You have Southern fried manna, but it's manna. But have a guess what happened? They're not happy with that miracle. We want, we want food, we want meat. Rod, quail. Then they're not happy with that. You imagine. They're getting water out of a rock in the middle of the desert. And they're just complaining. And so now they go, we want onions and garlic. You're in a desert. There's no onion and garlic in the desert, you know. But they were, you know, they're complaining. So finally they go, we're thirsty. And you can just imagine Moses. You're thirsty, are you? You want water? I'll give you water. And he got that rod and he began to smash that rod. Water, give you water. And out came the water and then God said, uh, Moses, you disobeyed me, you're not going in. Anoint jo Joshua. So he anoints Joshua, you know the story, he dies and now they're going into the promised land. Now you see, Moses for 40 years led in front of the people with his rod. Whatever they needed, he saved them. We're hungry, he saved them. We need water, he saved them, right? Moses was the savior. If you like, if you can use the picture, it was Moses the Christ. He, to the children of us, he was like Christ. He was saving them from themselves. 
Now they enter the promised land, they come to the river Jordan, Joshua is totally different. He's not saving them because they're already saved. (laughs) Now, now, are are you hearing me here? Because if you can get this, this can revolutionize the way you see your Christian life. So Joshua's not interested in saving them because they're already saved. Now he's gonna lead them. We've got the River Jordan, what are we gonna do? Okay, here's what we're gonna do. This is real great, bro. Musicians out in front. It's always the musicians out in front, you know. Can you imagine people? Is this guy stupid? Where's the rod? Why doesn't he do something? Josh says, no, I'm not doing anything. You're doing it. Worship, praise, prayer goes first. Worship. Then the priests. And then, then the people. And, that, and you can imagine somebody. So what are you going to do? He said, well, I'll, see that hill up there? I'll be in my tent up there having a... Um, Oh, well, it's a great season of the year. I think I'll have a spice latte with the cream whip on the top. So he's sitting up in his tent drinking a latte and the priests and the musicians and the people walk. This is what the Bible says. The moment the first foot touched the water, it spread. So through go the musicians, through go the priests, through go the people, and then who comes last? Joshua, he comes last. Then they come to Jericho. Oh man, this is a big one. What are we gonna do? What are you gonna do, leader? It's your job. You're the leader. What are you gonna do? I'm doing nothing. You're gonna do it. I'm gonna be in my tent. Well, what are we gonna do? Um, We're gonna march around at once a day for six days. On the seventh day, seven times. At the end of the seventh, you're gonna shout. Oh, but there's one thing. Just using Texas lingo, okay. Shut up. Don't you say a word. Why? Because can you imagine, uh, what, we're just going to walk around here and yell at the wall? What kind of person is, can you see how stupid it is? But you see, the thing is, Joshua is not Moses. Joshua is not trying to save them as Christ, as their Savior. He's wanting to be the Lord that tells them what to do. Let me finish with this idea. Have you driven a manual car? Hands up all those people that used to own a manual car. See, these are all the older ones like me. (laughs) When I first learned to drive, I had a manual car. Second, third. But we had what we call in Australia, kangaroo petrol. (laughs) You're right until you get the hang of it. Years later, I bought my first new car. Have a guess what it was? I had the option of manual or auto. Have a guess what I chose? Auto. What? Because the auto's far better. It's easier. See, I got a feeling the Christian life, when we get saved, it's auto. It's easy for us. You say, what do you mean? Well, who can, is there anybody here who can save themselves? Do we have any messiahs here? Just checking. So how do you get saved? You call on the name of the Lord. You believe he saves you. He comes, he saves you. It's automatic. It just put it in D. Holy Spirit comes, I'm saved. Then after a while, we become a Christian and now he's Lord. We say, Lord, what do you want to do today, Lord? And the Lord says, I want to do what you want to do. Oh, no, Lord, um, 
Far be it from me, a sinner saved by grace, to want anything that I want, I want what you want. No, 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 my son, I want to give you the desires of your heart. Oh God, I don't trust the desires of my heart. I only desire what you desire. Um, no, 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 um, you're saved, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now tell, what do you want? What would you want me to do for you? Oh God, and God says, will you stop that? Don't be so stupid. See, because the Christian life now is manual. You say, what is he talking about? Well, we've got to do something. We've got to give God something to work with. God's not going to do everything for you. Right? We've got to decide to pray. We need to decide to give. We need to decide to go to church. We need to decide to cook a meal for a neighbor. We, we, de- we decide. But as we decide, like the priests stepping in the water, like the people walk, the moment we begin to do something in faith, guided by God, yes, as Lord, but we begin to do it, he begins to bless it. The blessings in the doing. But we're waiting. I find so many Christians are passive, waiting for God. God, what are you going to do? God said, well, I want you to do it. (laughs) So God, feed that family down the road. They're hungry. Please feed them. God goes, no, you feed them. (laughs) Well, I've got nothing. Oh, wait a minute. What have you got? Well, I've got some meat in the freezer, and that's all I've got. Well, cook them a spaghetti. Cook them so you cook. So the moment you cook it and you turn up to that door, manual, doesn't feel like you're being led by God. It can be the very thing that God anoints to bring breakthrough into their people, into those people's lives. Does God do supernatural things without us? Oh yes, because if He relied on us hundred percent, He wouldn't get anything done. But you see, in our own lives, if you can see your life, it began as an automatic sovereign thing of God, but now it requires my cooperation. Whoever calls me Lord and doesn't do what I command him, he doesn't belong to me. See, it's in the doing that God brings the blessing. How do you start this automatic life? The Bible says, as many as received him, that's Jesus, to them he gave the power to become a child of God. You see, becoming a Christian is automatic because it's only by the power of God. We can't save ourselves. It's not up to us. But we must exercise childlike faith, taking God at his promise. Well, what happens down the road? We haven't been really doing things, what happens then? Well, we drift. We drift. And that's what can happen to many people. Do you know, here's the good news, my friend. If you've never said yes to Jesus, or maybe there's been some drift in your life because you haven't been doing things in the name of Jesus, you haven't been praying, you haven't been giving, you haven't been serving, You've just, you're floating. Listen, you need to come back to God today and say, God, Lord Jesus, today 
I'm going to make you Lord. And you know, there's an old saying, if he isn't Lord of all, he isn't Lord at all. He wants to be Lord of everything, but it requires our cooperation. Why don't you, those people right now, you can cooperate with God. Why don't we bow our heads in the presence of God? And right now in this moment, if you've never said yes to Jesus, or maybe you have and you've drifted and you know today, Pastor, I need to come back to God. I'm floating. I'm waiting for things to happen in my life. I need to activate my faith today. Why don't you come back to him today, right now? I'm going to give you this moment to say yes to Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. If you're coming to Jesus for the first time, or you're coming back to reactivate your faith, why don't you raise your hand right now where you are? Slip it up right now, and I'll include you in a prayer. Just raise it up bravely. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see these hands. Look at that, way down the back. Thank you. Over, way down the back over there, over to my side. Anyone else? Just raise them up, young or old. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else down the front? I'm looking again. I'm looking again. If you haven't raised your hand to say yes to Jesus for the first time or come back, slip it up right now. Over to my left. Yes, I see those hands there. And that one there. Thank you, ma'am. Way down there, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, I see those hands. Look at that. Isn't that awesome, people? Let's stand. I'm going to hand the meeting back to Pastor Dave. But what I'm going to ask you to do, let's all stand together and we're going to pray for you. Let's all stand together. I'm going to ask Pastor Dave if he could come and join me. And why don't you slip out of your seat right now? If you raised your hand, now put legs, put it in first gear. And so I'm going to activate a decision in my heart to say yes to Jesus. I want you to come. Get out of your seat where you are, right down the back there. Sir, you raised your hand there. Come on, let's give them a big hand as they come. Yeah, come down and confess Christ. Young people, older people, men and women, come right now. Yes, awesome, awesome. I'm gonna hand back to you, Pastor. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. All right. Just right there where you're at, here, here in the front, let's just, let's just lift our hands to heaven. You're making a decision today, and today's what matters. You know, I, I've learned that that life is not, you know, in the Christian life, it doesn't mean there's, any, there's not pain and struggles and things that you face. That's, that's going to happen, but it's always faith in Jesus that, that shifts you into that condition when you do something. Jesus said it this way. He said, those that hear my sayings and do my sayings, like Pastor was saying there, he said wisdom will take place in your life. When you activate, when you do something for God, it shifts. There's a shift that takes place. And so I just want to encourage you out there, lift your hands towards these people or just, just, just reach out and support today. We're family. We're at that time of year. It's Thanksgiving coming up. There's a, it's a different feel. It's a different, different time of year today. But faith is, is, you know, I was watching, I'm going to say this. I was talking to Pastor Daniel about this the other day. You just walk through H-E-B or walk through Walmart, and you can see the heaviness on people right now. You can see that there's a weight there because of the economy and different things. Those things are real. But how many of you know with God, always there's a victory always coming? It's not what you go through. Listen to me. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. And we're only tough in Jesus. So today we're going to declare, and listen to me, you walk out of here today in confidence in God, 
When the enemy tries to whisper or tries to tell you it's not working, nothing's going to happen, you make that shift on the inside and say, no, I'm trusting in God because my confidence says he's faithful to his word. And as you do, listen to me, and as you activate that, then God's always going to come through. He's faithful. Uh, Psalms 34, 19 says, the righteous will suffer trouble, but God delivers us from them all. And that's a truth you hold on to right there. I, and I was the other day, I, I don't get a lot of scriptures just popping up on my phone, but just, just facing battles alive. And, and, and all of a sudden, I got this scripture just popped up on my phone. It was Psalms 34, 19. The righteous will suffer trouble, but God delivers us from them all. And I said, that's the word I'm standing on. That's the word I'm standing on. So today, get something in your heart. Stand on that. Walk it out. Continue to do Do something you've never done before. But listen to me, faithfulness starts today. You can't be faithful in the past. You can't predict you're going to be faithful tomorrow. But if you're faithful today, you're setting yourself up well for tomorrow. So, Father, we thank you today. We pray for each and every one of these people. We thank you that you're moving in their hearts today. You're turning their lives. You're taking them to a different place. But they're making a decision today, Father. Their faith is taking a step. Say this with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Today I decide that I'm living your way, that I'm taking steps according to your word. I dedicate my heart to you. I dedicate my life to you. And as I move forward in faith, I declare my life will be pleasing to you. And Father, I declare every need met. I declare, Father, you're touching your people. I declare as they walk out today, divine opportunities, new opportunities, new windows, new thoughts, fresh ideas working in their lives. And we call it done today in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning.